Artcentric Podcast with Rafi and Klee. Hola, you amazing artists. It's Rafi and Klee. And today we are going to, what are we talking about, Klee? We're talking about contests and shows and other various things you might do and how to pick them. Yeah, we're, uh, <laughs> this actually comes from a question from one of our awesome rogues, which by the way, if you're listening to this at home, our amazing rogues are here with us. So if you hear us reading comments, that is their brilliance being read through our lips. Indeed. I don't know. That sounded a little bit weird. <laughs> you, they know what you mean. Their brilliance read through. Either way, we're going to be talking about um, contests, like what what it is that we look at when we're choosing either doing like a, an art contest, like an online contest or a gallery show, or signing up for a gallery, or doing uh, a contest locally, or signing up for a festival. Or even uh, considering a residency, or um, other kinds of uh, involvements. Yeah, basically anything that has to do with uh, putting your art out there, which is all that stuff. Competitions, shows, festivals, art walks, all that stuff. Um, And, you know, in our time of doing this we have done many 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 things many things (laughs) and each one of them was kind of like um i want to say whenever whenever you're putting yourself out there and you're like um doing something that you haven't done before it always strikes it could strike a, a bit of fear in you uh i remember doing my first competition like actually I'll tell you guys a story. Um, Originally, I was like of the mindset that I don't need to do any art competitions. It's all rigged and blah, blah, blah. And the truth is, I still feel like you don't really need to do art competitions. But as far as like your resume and stuff, any show that you do, any art competition that you enter, any of that stuff, like you're able to add it to it. You get experience points. Yeah, you get experience points and you get to add boasting rights. Like... I love the fact that, you know, and years ago, they, I, I've won awards at several uh, of these contests. And a lot of times when you do a group show, they, you know, award best of show and, and that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. which is why I always recommend, like, if there are any kind of like co-op, maybe not co-op galleries, but like, um, what are they called? They're uh, 501c3 galleries where they'll do group shows. Um, like local community galleries and things like that. Mm-hmm. I would definitely, if they're having some kind of call for artists, I would definitely sign up. And, you know, when you win, I've won Best of Show at Artel Gallery. I've won Best of Show at Luna Fine Art Gallery. Mm-hmm. I've won uh, Best of... No, I didn't win at 1060 Gallery. <laughs> It, ha- it happens. Yeah. So you got I, in. I, I did get in. I got into the show. So, and that's the thing like, you get into the group show, then that's another notch that you get to put on your resume. Does a resume matter? Not really. Like, not really, but it does. You know what I mean? I, I, the way that I think of like artist resumes, like all the things that I've done is like uh, or even like the artist bio where you're putting in the list of shows that you've done and your accolades and all that stuff what that does is it gives you brownie points for someone else who finds that important and the reason they find it important is because honestly right now in society that's important you know like you go to get a job or you go to sign up for anything and they want to look at accolades it's social proof social proof a lot like testimonials are social proof yeah sarah says her um criteria are cost to enter and can i get there that's good those are good valid criteria those are very good valid hey squirrely gardener and kim how are you Esther says, I feel like I need the validation and the motivation of entering shows since things aren't selling very well right now. And besides, it would be nice to be recognized. Yeah. Yeah. Social proof. And it's tricky waters, though. It's tricky waters because you want to make sure that you're not reliant on that social proof to be able to call yourself uh successful you know it, it, and when it comes to that kind of stuff like with all the awards that i've won um i can honestly say that none of it really uh you know it's not like the the 
sales started flooding in right after I won awards. It didn't change anything, really. No. Um, it, it's nice, for sure. Yeah. It's nice to be recognized, but as far as business is concerned, it was pretty much business as usual. It's nice to be recognized, and honestly, it's, you know, kudos. Like, I feel good when I look at my list of, you know, because I'm like, okay, that to me is showing, like, Dude, I've been doing this. I've been doing this art thing. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm not just saying that I'm doing it. Like, look, these are the art shows that I've done. Some of them, because we've done so many that my our list would be humongous. So um, a lot of it, it is left out of it. So I take the most prestigious ones that I've done and I've put them on my list so that when people see it, they see, okay, this is these were the things that I was most excited about doing in 2019. These were the things that I was most excited about doing in 2018, you know, and so the then the list just kind of builds every year. Um, I also do it that way so I could update it easily without having to, you know, filter through yeah, a lot of we, we, things. Yeah, when, when you're doing this, you do, there's the possibility of doing so many things that like that, that could updating it could just become a pain in the butt. So we're going to cover a lot of territory, but um, to kick this off, I want to read the two questions that prompted this okay, topic. Be before you read that, I want to read uh, Rachel's. Uh, she said, hello, I'm debating entering shows this year. Well, that's perfect, Rachel, because that's what we're talking about. What kind of criteria we look at. And yeah, Absolutely. Go, Go for it. Okay, so question number one goes like this. My goal this year with 2D art ideas is to win some awards of third place or higher. Because there's so many online shows now, it's easy to enter a lot of them. But how do I decide which shows? It's probably not financially wise to enter all of them. You are correct. Yeah. Um, I'm predominantly a soft pastel artist, but this information might be helpful for anyone. So this is our main question that we're covering. Um, our secondary question is, I too wonder about these art contests I see online. I always try to research to make sure they're real. How do you feel about sending art to galleries and then they send them back after the contest? Also, I asked this a while ago, um, but I don't remember your answer. I had paintings printed and they came out very blurry. <laughs> Any ideas, Any ideas what to use, use them for? Them. <laughs> so that's a um, another uh, secondary that, question. That question is from Lori. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Esther, for the questions. Yeah, so um, I think the main thing here is, uh, like, how do you vet the shows and choose which ones you're going to go for? Obviously, um, cost to enter is going to be a factor. Um, Reputation is going to be a factor. Yeah, um, you know, the... So there were different periods of uh, what the criteria was for shows, and that kind of evolves as you go through your career and the more things that you do. Um, in the very beginning, I want to say that we basically, our criteria was, is it under $100? I think in the very beginning it was like, is it under $50? Mm -hmm. Um is it at least 30 minutes to an hour away? Or virtual. Or virtual. And is it something that is, you know, that I'm able to display what I want to display, right? So there were some uh, big name shows that didn't fit into that criteria because they charged like three or $400 for booth fee. Um, a lot of what we looked for was stuff that local artists were recommending to us. A ton of what we did was through word of mouth recommendation. Yeah. And then online um, events or online uh, shows, uh, contests in particular, uh, whether they were magazine contests or online contests, those were things that also via word of mouth, um, I kind of looked at right? yeah you kind of look at like do they have a social media presence the organizers the show itself you, the you do you do want to read that fine print because unfortunately when it comes to um art and artists and stuff like that that's out there there's a lot of um underhanded bullshit going on when it comes to that so like you know 
there are some galleries out there that are definitely predatory galleries. There are some contests out there that are predatory contests. Mm -hmm. You know, these are, uh, these are designed to make a quick buck off of the person trying to get exposure. So um, you want to make sure that it is a trusted source. Right. Yeah. And here's two ways you can go about that. Right. So um, uh, last year I was thinking about entering a piece of music into a music contest, online based contest. So the first thing I did was um, in this particular um, platform, they had comments from previous entries and people who were familiar with it. And there was mixed reviews, as you're always going to find. Some people saying this is a total scam because of X, Y, Z. Some people saying it was a good experience. So you kind of have to weigh out the averages there. But one of the tricks that Rafi and I have always kind of employed, whether it was a virtual thing or an in-person thing, was to shoot the organizers a question, whether it was like a re we really need to know this kind of question or an arbitrary question just to gauge what their um, vibe was. Basically, we vetted them. So uh, basically how that worked, and usually our question was pretty easy because it was like, hey, we're two artists that are married with different mediums. Is that cool um, kind of thing? And how does that work? <clears throat> and then we were really looking for their tone in their response. Were they snotty? Were they arrogant? Were they cool? Um, you know, were they, were uh, how they long like, did it take to reply? Were they like, uh, you know, and you always get that vibe where somebody like replies and they're kind of frustrated because they're not there to help you. Right. You know, and it, which is always interesting to me. It's like, okay, well, what's the motivation behind this competition or this contest? Right. A lot of times, um, unfortunately the motivation is making money. So, oh, we're going to get so many artists. And if we promote it, everybody's going to give us, you know, a hundred bucks to whatever. And then there are contests out there that's like, I, I, I've applied to contests that were like $10 submissions from uh, Artist Magazine or something like that. Mm -hmm. Or an organization. Or, or an organization. Like that's that's what, you know, like if it's an art organization that you are familiar with, that that's not all they do. Because that's the one, that's one thing to look out for. If there is an art magazine or some kind of art uh, competition online and that's all they do, right? Then that means that that's how they make their money. It, they're not doing anything else to support the artist community or do anything. And, and there so, are a lot of them out there. And, and that's where that becomes very suspicious to me. Very suspicious. So that's part of the criteria. Like, is it real? Is it suspicious? You know, um, the other side of it for competitions in particular is like, how much is this costing me? Right. Yeah. Because if they're gouging your eyes out um, in order to, which I don't think that's the phrase. I think gouging you for <laughs> your eyes out. That's a very visceral gouging, gouging, gouging you for money um, to enter their virtual competition. Right. Um, and, and I get it because sometimes, you know, they got to pay their judges or whatever like that. But mm -hmm. like, a lot of times those prices, I'm like, no, no, they, this should not be more than 10 or 20 bucks. It depends on the show. Uh, one of the most prestigious awards you can win in the jewelry category is the Saul Bell Award, and it's quite cost prohibitive to enter. Yeah. But it's a big competition yeah. that's and that, been going on for many, many and that's, years. And that's the one that has that history, and if you see, you know, a big jewelry designers um listing it as their accolades you know that's that's there's a there's a difference you have to like take a look and see like is does this have a reputation that is known um throughout the art world but i do highly recommend emailing any organizers just to gauge what their um what their vibe is towards you especially we especially do this with residencies um, and we have found that like the residencies that we've considered doing, the organizers are really cool people and really willing to engage in conversation with you because they know, A, that that's good for them to engage with artists and B, that that's a big commitment yeah. to, to, to do something like that for an artist. So 
Um, really, a lot of it, I know this isn't like brass tacks, but a lot of it is your gut feeling when dealing with organizers. It really is. And to be honest with you, a lot of everything that we do as artists, uh, whether we're dealing with a potential commission or entering a show or working with a gallery or putting our artwork up in a local business, all of it really comes down to your gut feeling. And some of that's hard-earned knowledge because we have gotten ourselves involved, especially early on in our career, with um, galleries and show organizers that we didn't have a good feeling about and, you know, learned the hard way after the fact. I could, I could tell you right now um, exactly why I've made some mistakes like that in the past. And here it is. Desperation sneaks in as, oh, this is a great opportunity. I'd be dumb to not take this opportunity, right? Um, because you're thinking, if I do this, I'm going to make a lot of money. That's how a lot of people get scammed, um, first off. If I do this, then people are going to notice me. That's how people get scammed. Um, if I do this, I'm going to get this big commission, right? So, like, you really, really have to listen to your gut when it comes to everything and kind of and get out of your head, especially if you think that that one thing is going to fix all your problems. That's where a lot of these predatory, predatory galleries, predatory contests, predatory, whatever it is, that's what they're banking on. So really it's kind of looking at an opportunity and saying, does this opportunity work for me? Do I want to pay the fee that's involved in getting in there? Uh, how much work is it going to be? Mm -hmm. You know, is there extra hoops that I have to jump through? Do I want to jump through those hoops? And also one of the most important things with online competitions I've discovered is, and sometimes you have to dig into the fine print, how are the winners actually selected? Yep. Is it through online voting of your peers? Is it a selected jury? Um, is a winner randomly selected? I've seen competitions where it makes it look like you're being uh, your work's being put before a jury, and then it turns out that no, they're just drawing your name out of a hat. Um, and I've seen some recently where it was um, voting by your peers, but you could buy votes, yeah. which is automatically a red flag. Um, so, and you gotta you gotta look at the fine print because the front they have to protect themselves legally by putting it in the fine print. Mm -hmm. If it's not in the fine print, they're going to get in a lot of trouble. Ultimately, if you're going to enter a competition, you want to know either A, your artwork is going to go before a selected jury who's going to determine a winner, or it's peer voting, right, where your family, fans, and friends can vote for you, but where you cannot purchase votes. Because automatically, I'm like, that's, that's BS. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, for an organizer to do that, that that's a, an immediate um, red flag that they're trying to make money. Off one, of, of this. one of the other competitions um, that you could enter, let's see, the kind of things that I've entered that I have awards for is, uh, you know, a lot of times the local area will, will have the best of. Local best of, I was like going to mention that Local too. best of in like one of the, the newspapers or something like that. Um, I am best best of the coast artist of 2000 something. I was runner up for best of one yeah. year, so that's fun. Yeah, so we got, we got those awards a, a few years in a row. And I'd like to mention that that was free to enter. Yep. And oftentimes, if your area has a best of, it often is free to enter and just throw your name in the hat because you never know. Yeah. Uh, and then ask your peeps to generate some votes for you online, you know, ask them to support you. I would also take a look and see if there's any um, nonprofit galleries in either your area or in the surrounding area where you can show your work in a physical show. Mm -hmm. um, I will tell you that that usually has a lot more of a bang because, you know, you're going to the opening of this group show. You're meeting people in the area mm -hmm. that were interested in going to the opening. Um, so, and you have the possibility of, of walking away with an award. And a lot of times, especially, you know, like Artel, 
I think it was like $25 if you were not a member and then $20 if you were a member to enter the show. These are the galleries that'll do open call to artists for a particular themed show, either monthly or quarterly or however they do it. And the way I would look at that is to just kind of like look at um, the a surrounding town, type in the name in search, and open call to artists. And I would also recommend a, um, attending one of these uh, openings as a patron just to get the vibe. To get right? the vibe, yeah. Um, I definitely did. We both did. Before we entered artwork, uh, we went to one of the openings to see what it was like. You know, and if we liked the vibe, then. We would enter. Gwendolyn said, I've entered paintings and jewelry in the state and county fairs. They were not expensive, and I won several ribbons, including a best of show for a piece of my jewelry. Yeah. That's awesome. And see, and that's the thing, Gwendolyn. At that point, you are an award-winning artist. You could put that moniker. Is is that what it's called? You could put that title on yourself. And most places have a county fair. I could tell you right now that that was part, and it's in my book, like the more, you know, at first I was like, I wanted to um, be able to present myself in a way that uh, was, you know, impactful. And so like I added all these things. Um, Eventually it just got too long. So right now Mm -hmm. when I, when I am like boasting about myself, you know, I, I, I'm an award-winning artist. So Esther says all the contests that she's considering are sponsored by official pastel societies, which I read that and I think, okay, so they're automatically vetted, right? So then, so you know your show is vetted. So then uh, cost and what do you get? What do you get if you win, right? So if you have to pick and choose, go for the best, outcome yeah. right is there prize money is there a feature in a publication is there a little badge you can put on your website those kinds of things go for the best uh you know and also it can be a little um disheartening to enter competitions that are hugely popular where you're going to be competing with maybe thousands of other artists so you might want to look for some that are a little less crowded yeah as far as entries are concerned the other thing to look at is um who the judge is right so like because mm-hmm. i've judged i've judged um some juried shows and like i've judged some competitions uh but also whenever i've entered anything i've also uh taken a look at the profile of who the judge is and then taken a look especially if they're an artist judge Taking a look at their work, what kind of work they they create, what kind of work it seems that they like. And, um, you know, and that's that's doing a lot of like research before entering a show. But if but if a show is going to cost me some money to enter, I may want to look at that and see like, all right, does this person have an aesthetic that um, would cause them to like the stuff that I create. Right. And is their taste diverse or is their taste really like, for example, if you had very contemporary works and the judge was um, mostly very traditional work based, you may want to pass on that. Yep. (laughs) I can tell you that there are some competitions, especially in the beginning where I entered um, some artwork and didn't think about that and then looked at the, didn't, get into the show or didn't win or anything and then looked at what those judges especially if they've done what kind of things they typically let into the show and realized that like a lot of it was very like traditional um portraits and traditional landscape paintings mm-hmm. and of course you know now looking at that I I wouldn't even bother entering that show cuz I don't have anything that that fits into that. So, or vice versa, right? If the taste is very contemporary and you're of the more traditional, um, aesthetic, then that's very, very important. And I think that's a given, but it's not to be overlooked. And definitely, um, if they are willing to tell you about the people who will be judging your work, which most reputable competitions will, unless it's people's choice, um, that is absolutely something to look at. Yeah. Esther said less crowded is good. Yes, Kim less said, crowded is good. I have judged both state and county fairs, and that helps your reputation as well. Most oh, yeah. definitely, yeah. if you're asked to judge a show 
not only is that a cool experience, but you can definitely put that on your resume. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've, I've got, I've got the shows that I've judged on my resume. Cause that's almost like a step above winning. It's like, now you're being asked to judge shows and you're like, I've judged shows before, it's, which by the hard. way, it's not easy. Cause especially for me, like uh, one of the shows that I judged was a college show and I literally fell in love with every work of art, but there was limited space. So some of them could not make it into the show. Um, but I also, uh, you know, uh, told them that there were certain pieces that I was like, do you have a, do you have an honorable mention? Do you have, you know, <laughs> they were like, no, do do we need to? I was like, yes, yes. You need to, <laughs> I want this piece, this piece, and this piece to get honorable mentions. And I want, you know, this is the first place piece. And this is, you know, so like you think about it and like the people that are judging the show, they're just people. So they're going to have aesthetics, they're going to have likes, they're going to have dislikes. And, you know, that's part, if you're able to kind of research that before you enter a show, that's a smart move, especially if the show is going to cost you some, some money. Mm -hmm. Um, Clover's here. Hi, Clover. Hey, Clover. It's, it's not a bad idea to start with things like county fairs, local shows that give out awards. Um, usually somebody on the committee or, um, local reputable artists will be the judges at shows like that. Um, it's a nice way to get a ribbon, um, and and Rafi's participated in many many open call gallery shows locally. Oh yeah, um, and awards can range from a ribbon to like a really nice little mantle plaque, <laughs> to, and that and sometimes there's prize money, and oftentimes with um, local gallery open calls too. It's been our experience that part of the prize, if you do win a prize, is that you get your own solo exhibition, which is excellent yep. for the resume. I've, yeah, I've had, I want to say at Artel, I had maybe about four solo exhibitions because I won Best of Show. And also at Luna, you ended up with a solo exhibition That's right. because you which won was, an award. Which was great. Was, Connie was said, show. the show I just entered had 90 submissions. That's a pretty good number. Yeah. That's a pretty good number. It's not overcrowded. It's not, uh, it's got enough submissions. I mean, it that... depends on the space. If it's a tiny little space, then 90 submissions is quite a bit. Sure. If it's a, if it's a big old space, then 90 submissions is not Yeah, much. it does. It does depend on how big it is. So our secondary question is like, how do you feel about having to send your art to a show to potentially be included and then have them send it back to you? Mm. Um, typically in my experience, a show will ask for a digital image first. And then if you advance, that's when they ask you for, for the actual art. Yeah. Um, if they're asking for the actual art right off the bat, that's a red flag to me. There would be a lot of small print that I would be reading. Um, for if sure. somebody was asking me to submit their art now for local events, um, totally fine. Local events, you know, there was a drop off and pickup. So you like, you drop off your work and then if you know, uh, you get the phone call, if you're going to be in the show mm -hmm. or not. And if you got the phone call and they said, no, you're not going to be in the show, then they, had a, they would have a pickup date for it. But, but for the cases where you would need to ship your work, um, then you want to do a little more digging into that for sure. Kathleen says around here, it's 120 to 170 per show. Our local artists are stupid talented. I mean, Kathleen, that's... Submissions or cost? What are we talking about here? The submissions, well, 120 to 170 per show. That's not bad, but it's... um. But I, we're talking... There's more than just doing like festivals and shows, you know, and that's that's the one of the things that I want to make very clear, because a lot of people, when I tell them, put yourself out there and stuff, they look at the more popular like shows and festivals that are going on. And those are usually going to be about one hundred and twenty to one hundred and seventy dollars. Oh, she's, she's talking about submissions, number of submissions. Oh, number of submissions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to clarify because I wasn't sure there. Um, yeah, if you have an if you live in an area where there's a lot of really badass creative people, um, it can get tricky <laughs> for sure. Especially if you're in a small area that's highly creative. I would say or a big city. I would say though because it wasn't always the case. Like because Pensacola had a lot of artists, and some yes. of the shows, some of the shows, you know, because they would have their. 
I always thought it was fun. Like some of the shows were kind of designed for a pastel artist at um, Artel. And then some of the other shows were more, more for like the weird artists. Right? 3D so, artists. And, so when yeah. I would go in, like some of the shows had a hell of a ton of submissions and then some of the shows didn't. So I think really it all depends on the show. I love when galleries or places do themed type stuff. I, I do too. And so for Esther uh, in particular, she's talking about pastels. So like you have the opportunity to enter only pastel kind of shows, you know, especially if you find them online and you also have the opportunity to enter just, you know, art shows that um, have their own kind of theme that mm -hmm. you could enter with the pastels. Kathleen said, I still place, but I know to be great. Oh. <laughs> That's a good attitude. <laughs> yeah. On the other side of that, uh, my uh, getting mixed up, $120 to $170 per show, um, anywhere between 100 to 200 to $300, that's where like local, like large shows, um, that's the median range, right? Totally. Then when you start getting to like the $400, $600 shows, those are the ones that I'm always looking at the fine print and I'm honestly quite skeptical of because there's no reason for them to charge that much money. Um, for the most part, a lot of the shows that we did was in the range of 25 to 50 to a hundred dollars because you know, that's where you find art where art walks, um, small gatherings that are being put together by a business, things like that. Um, small towns that are uh, near you that they're deciding to do on every Friday art walk because they're trying to improve their downtown or get more people to visit. So those are the kind of things that you want to look for. And unfortunately, until you get out there and start doing shows or going to those kind of events, like look for an art walk that's maybe a few miles away um, from where you live and visit the art walk and see what it's all about. And even if there were a lot of art walks that we did that they, literally there were only like six people there, mm -hmm. six artists selling. And we were one of them and we would go every month. Yep. Um, and then as that became more popular because the town was pushing it, more customers and more people like that would show up. Um, and that's the thing. It's like you're doing these shows and you're doing these competitions and you're doing these things, not really for the income, but to put yourself out there. It's, it's a marketing type of thing. So if you're doing a show or you're entering a competition and it's going to cost you a lot of money, well, then you better get something big from that, like a spread in a magazine that you could also add to your resume. Yeah. Or, if there's a prize, it better justify that big cost. Yeah. And even a spread in a magazine to me is not enough uh, to, you know, no, cause there's other ways to get a there, feature in a yeah, magazine. There's definitely other ways we've been interviewed in magazines and newspapers and stuff like that. And it was never due to a competition. Uh, yeah. We have never paid for a magazine feature. No. Um, because there's just plenty of ways to do that. Uh, Sarah said, I can do $50 fees only. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's fine. And that's fine. There's plenty of opportunities at that at that fee level. Yeah, you just got to find them. You just got to find them. And I know that every time I talk about this, people will respond. It's like, there are no shows in my area. I'm like, I, it's, you got to look for them. I guarantee you that there are, especially if there's artists. There's going to be big, expensive shows, and those usually get a lot of um, publicity. But the small ones are the ones that you want to play around with. And especially if you're just getting your feet wet. Esther says, the ones I'm looking at for now are three entries for $35 to $50. That's fair. Yeah. And I would also suggest look at past winners, right? Um, they'll usually show you the previous winners. If you start to see a pattern emerging um, of past winners, then you might find that, oh, they're really niched into this particular style. But if you see diversity in past winners, then you know, okay, they're looking at a broader spectrum of work. That's one thing that I look for. If all the past winners look the same and my stuff doesn't look like that at all, then I know that there's a pretty slim chance of me taking home any prize from something. Yeah. Um, if they consider a diverse range of works, even in a given medium, right, of subject matter, of style, I like to see that personally. 
Um, so that's something to look at. There's competitions that are cost prohibitive, and I know I'm not going to take first place in them because I know where my skill set is, right? I'm, n- I'm not going to enter that. Um, unless for some reason I just want to be able to say that I entered it. Um, so those are things to look at as well. Uh, what's, what's the skill, skill level we're looking at? Do I fit into that? What's the past winner's work look like? Yeah, especially if it's the same judge. You know, mm-hmm. like if you have the same kind of judges every year, every year, um, looking at the past work really helps you. Uh, one of the free competitions that happens not every year, uh, Yamana Gold, I usually share it with uh, the rogues whenever they do the open submission for that. Um, that's a free competition to enter, and um, it's a gold company in Canada. And they are basically buying the winner's art and adding it to their gallery. So those are all those kind of things. Like if you win first place in that, that's an award-winning thing. And on top of that, you can make some money. Now, that's a competition that I know is legit because I've read to fine print. And I also know that, you know, they charge zero dollars for submissions. Mm-hmm. And the diversity of work as far as their past winners is on point. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, you want to look at all of those kind of opportunities and, um, you know, and one of the things that I want to do, uh, is we have a resources page that we want to add whenever there's something like that in a local area or something that is a competition that is legit. We want to add more information out there because Mm -hmm. I know, I know how sketchy it is when you're looking online and you're trying to find totally something, you know, like, what do you do? You enter like artist open call for uh, online competitions. And then obviously those pages are going to be dominated with a bunch of bullshit. If you find something and you think it looks interesting, make sure you read the fine print that that's beyond anything else. Make sure you read the fine print because you want to make sure that you're not wasting your time a lot of people will think that it's a waste of time to do uh uh, art competitions um really that's up to you and how it is that you want to set up your uh accolades you know Mm -hmm. if you if you want to have more um winnings under your belts and stuff like that a good friend of mine because early early on like i was saying earlier in the podcast um i was like, no, I'm not going to do art competition. That's a waste of time. It's bullshit. It's all rigged and all this stuff. And really, uh, I was sitting there talking to a friend of mine that was a portrait artist and he was featured in a magazine and he was, um, you know, he had all these like winnings. He had all these awards and stuff. A lot of awards. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell? What do you, how do you have so many awards? And he was like, yeah, whenever there's an art competition, I just enter it. You know, either I enter all of them. It doesn't matter. Like, especially if the cost is low, you know, some of these uh, art competitions are like five to ten dollars. And he's Mm -hmm. like, you know, it it doesn't cost it cost me five dollars to submit some artwork. And if I get recognized or or it works, then I get to add it to my resume. For him, it was like a percentages game. Almost. He was like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to lose the majority of competitions I enter, but I'm going to win some. Yeah. Um, So at the end of the year, like you would have, you know, several more awards. And I was like, I hate you. And then I, (laughs) then, you know, I'd asked him about it and I was like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's a waste of time. It's like, you know, if you've got nothing to lose, he's like, don't enter those competitions that are going to cost you an arm and a leg. Mm-hmm. He's like, but there's plenty of them out there that are legit that, you know, that you could enter and maybe it'll cost you five or ten bucks. But, you know, it's a chance to win. The only reason you're not entering is because you think you're not going to win. Yeah. And then I realized, like, yep, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Especially if it's more expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. And- I mean, and that's the thing, like I, when I was looking at it back then, I was thinking of entering for the prize money. Yeah. Right. Like, all right. So I'm making this initial investment and then if I win, I get this. So I was looking at it like that. Not, I wasn't looking at it as experience under my belt, you know, and being able to enter something and experience that and really, 
Um, you know, it's the reason that I'm able to talk about it now is because I've done it and I've trialed and errored my way through it, like figured out what was important before I started winning. Mm-hmm. I want to say that like for like three years, every everything I entered, like either I did not get into the jury show or, you know, I most definitely didn't win any awards. There will always be rejection. Yeah. And no, and no awards given. And that's the when thing. You're trying dealing with that was so important. And the reason I wasn't entering anything was because I was too afraid of getting rejected. And at the end of it, like realizing, like, oh yeah, yeah, the only way that you could face dealing with rejection and not getting an award or not getting into a show is by entering it. Mm-hmm. Um, you just got to make sure that financially that initial price tag makes sense to you yeah, and for maybe, the experience. Maybe a good idea is to set yourself um, an annual budget. This is how much I'm willing to spend annually on contests um, or juried stuff. And then, then consider any opportunity against your annual budget, right? So if, if, a, if a contest is going to max out your annual budget in one go, then you're going to really want to scrutinize that yeah. contest. Yeah, you're going to want – yeah. And you, so You on. might not be there yet. It might not be time to uh, do it. Or it might be, but at least you got to take a closer look than just all willy-nilly Most definitely. It. And Esther said another thing um, she's considering is not just entering contests for her medium, but to enter um, multiple uh, – multiple genres do it um that fit with what she does yeah absolutely that's something huge for me as a jewelry artist is um not just to niche myself into jewelry shows but to enter shows that accept jewelry but are not strictly that yeah you have entered our uh, jewelry as artwork mm-hmm. at some of the art shows and that we sometimes have. that goes over like <clears throat> a lead balloon and other times they're like yes it great. all depends it all depends on who's running it and who's judging the show charity said i'm alone how hard is it to do outdoor shows without someone's help it depends charity um some of the artwork our art walks that we did uh it was just a table and a chair and some easels. Um, Some of the shows we've done were a canopy with reinforcement bars and things like that. So really it depends. If you're just setting up a small setup, you could do it yourself. Uh, A lot of the artists that we would do these shows with, some of them would set up small setups because they were doing it themselves. And then some of them did these big elaborate setups and they were doing it themselves and It really all depends on you and what, you know, how you set yourself up to do a show. It can be done. Absolutely. I highly recommend bringing someone with you, recruiting a friend um, if you can, because it does make it easier, but it can be done. I want to correct what I read um, that Esther had said. A good idea to look for shows outside my medium, but within my genre or theme, just to specify what that was about, (laughs) Um, because I I read that a little backwards. Kathleen said, we have six to seven uh, art walks a year, but grab the tickets now. They sell out overnight. Yeah, we uh, once we got into a lot of the artwork walks that we got into in the beginning, like they were just getting started out. So like nobody, mm-hmm. you know, and then artists would go look at it and they would notice that there were only like four or five artists set up. And again, so, social proof. right? Yeah. So they were like, oh, we're not going to that's that's a dumb show. I'm not going to do that show. We were doing it every week. So then a year goes by and all of a sudden, like this show is like popular, like the, the area is booming. Mm-hmm. And now everybody wants to get in. But because uh, we were one of the originals, like we had, we, we had ba- an in. We basically had an in and we had our spot. Um, and, and a lot of shows and markets <clears throat> do work that way, man. If you are, were loyal to them when no one cared, they will be loyal to you when everyone cares. Yep. Um, and sometimes it's not like that. But you'll often find because you are dealing with people that if you were good to them, they'll be good to you. Yeah. And that's the thing you have to remember when it comes to all these shows. When we started doing the market, like we became good friends with, um, you know, with the market managers and stuff like that, because and we had we had been there since the beginning. So Mm -hmm. um, it's important to maintain that relationship. And if you can't maintain the relationship, then you should probably not be doing the show. 
Yeah, and let the spot open up for somebody else. Um, And this is especially important if you're in a small area that has the potential to blow up as far as the art scene is concerned. And that is happening in a lot of places. Connie said, I went to a ceramic show in San Angelo, Texas. 906 video entries, only 126 selected. Yeah, some of the shows are like that. The more Mm -hmm. popular the show is, uh, the more... You know, and that's the thing. It's like, if you're going to look at those numbers you're going to discourage yourself from entering, right? Because immediately you're looking at those numbers and you're doing this initial comparison in your brain that your work surely is not as good as... We all assume yeah. that, so right? It's, it's really hard. When you're looking at those numbers, you know, obviously it's better to find something where you're not dealing with as much competition, right? But the other thing of of this is sure 906 video entries and only 126 selected but what if you're one of them right you know and so you would you'll never be one of them unless you enter the show that you want to enter i would say like i always assume i'm going to get rejected yeah me too (laughs) but largely i enter stuff anyway yeah and and that's that's a good way it's like assume assume the worst Right. And prepare for it. Um, and also be prepared for winning. Mm-hmm. You know, like, all right. So if I do win, what do I have to do uh, next? OK, if I lose, how am I going to feel about this? Or if I don't get in, how am I going to feel about this? And then, boom, leave it there, you know. And then if you don't make it in, you already know how you're going to feel about it. You know what? Big fucking deal. I don't care. Yeah. And if you do get in, then at least you know what the next steps are to do whatever it is that you need to do. Yeah, make sure that the next steps are not overwhelming and above what you're willing to commit to. Uh, For example, if the secondary step in a competition is having to ship your art across state lines, then really consider how you're going to feel about that. How are you going to feel about that? Who is paying for it? Who is paying for um, that's, it? That's a big What's one. What's the insurance policy with the work? Yeah. Um, all that good stuff. Don't yeah. don't don't enter something you're not willing to commit to. Um, if you have to fly somewhere and be present somewhere if you win, consider that as well. Yeah, there's a competition um, that I think happens every three years that I have entered. Uh, I want to say twice in the in this time that I've been doing what I'm doing and it happens in Japan it's a big competition in Japan the entry fee is not that much so like I enter it every year it wasn't until the last time that I did not make it into the show that I actually you know did the research on the judges and all that stuff and realized that for the most part it's a lot of traditional style art Mm -hmm. um very little like weird contemporary stuff so uh, I was absolutely entering the wrong stuff. So I had to look at the first prize and the second prize and the third prize for that show. And the first prize, it, the the prizes, uh, part of it is plane tickets to Japan and lodging, right? So I'm like, okay, this is cool. They pay for the plane tickets. They pay for the lodging. Uh, this is a big event in Japan. I would love to go to Japan. Uh, However, it's only a plane ticket for me. So I need to figure out what it would cost for Clea to go with me. Mm -hmm. And if I do win, what are the steps are we going to take? How long are we going to be there? We still have an art business to run and all that stuff. So that's what I mean. Like, you you, you probably won't win or I probably won't win it. But if I do... I don't want to be caught off guard and be like, oh, shit, what do I do now? So that's that's the way that I kind of look at any kind of competitions that I do. It's like, whatever. Or, or like if the prize is something you don't want to win, like um, there was one music competition that I almost entered, but the prize was like recording and distribution through this specific um, label. And I don't want label representation. <laughs> You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that one that one and you know, and they had celebrities. 
promoting this competition. Yeah. And when we read the fine print, I was like, bullshit. That's like, really cool if that's what you want, but I don't want that, yeah. right? So, yeah, definitely read that. Kim said, I have a gallery opening tonight. It was $20 to enter, $60 hanging fee, and they take 25%. Is that pretty normal? It That's it, a hard question to answer it, because... It can be, Critch, you know... It, it can be the, so every gallery is different mm -hmm. and you have to look at the gallery. Um, like I said, with Artel, it was $20, uh, $25 to enter. If you're a non-member, there was no hanging, there's fee. no hanging fee. They don't I'm, charge a hanging fee. I'm sticking fee. on the hanging fee. Yeah. That's, that's 25%. Um, that's yeah. normal. Uh, Artel charged, I think it was 15%. Um, it really all depends on the gallery. I understand if it's a big show charging a hanging fee. However, a $60 hanging fee would only make sense to me if you had, um, you know, 20 pieces maybe that they had to hang. On paper, I'm like, okay, the entry fee is to pay their judge. The hanging fee is to pay whoever's hanging the work. And then, of course, the gallery takes the commission. So on paper, it makes sense. $60 hanging fee seems high to me. Yeah. It seems a little like gouging. Yeah. It does depend on the gallery. It and depends the show on the gallery. The so, like, if if it's a solo show, I have six pieces. So is it $10 per piece hanging fee? Maybe that's... Because that makes more sense to me. Yeah. Maybe than, that's what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, honestly... That's not, it's not terrible. That's not bad, a $10 hanging It's not bad. Fee. That's not, that's not predatory. It's just, it's weird to me because I've never dealt with hanging fees. Nor have I. However, I, from doing our own shows, I know how much of a pain in the ass. Dude, yeah, that's a lot of work. Hanging, hanging a show is the worst part of doing a show. That's why any gallery <laughs> that um, I've done, um, that, that I've been in, they've never charged a hanging fee, but like, I always absolutely respect them for hanging my art oftentimes we've pitched in with the hang or or taken it over completely because yeah. we want control yeah um, that that honestly critch and that's the thing it's like galleries are all different i've never dealt with a hanging fee but i know that it's out there mm -hmm. um and it really just depends on the system that they that that particular gallery has in place with some galleries it's like well you know they're gonna hang your show for free but the revenue splits are gonna be yeah. higher for yeah. the gallery um and you know and that's that's the thing like i i would challenge a hanging fee if a gallery um if it's six pieces at $60, meaning $10 a piece, I, I can't balk at that. Yeah. I feel like that's fair. There are some galleries, Critch, that are commercial, um, they're commercial business galleries. And part of the hanging fee is paying for the wall space as well. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's that kind of uh, setup that some of them have because uh, Marty used to have that with his people is, uh, they would pay, basically it's almost like the hanging fee is almost like a, like a, like a wall space rent. They're kind of entwined. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're entwined. So yeah, I, I don't know about normal. Normal is really relative. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's why it's dealing, hard to answer. When you're dealing with a gallery, um, if it feels all right, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. If it feels all right and you don't feel like you're getting, um, you know, if they're on the up and up, you're going to know that. You're going to feel that. Mm -hmm. If they're kind of, you know, skeezy and underhanded, then you're going to feel, feel that, that too. too. So, <laughs> yeah. I've dealt with some galleries that didn't have a hanging fee and they were skeezy and underhanded. I was like, nope. Ultimately, I'm hanging my work here. I circle back to like my biggest criteria is whether I like the organizer or the person running it. Yeah. And so there's always going to be some kind of email communication. I'm all, even if I have to think of some arbitrary question to email with just so I can gauge the response, I'm going to do it cuz it comes down to like do I get a good vibe or do I get a crap vibe from these people. That is important, you guys. And that really, that's, that's like, if there's anything that you're going to take from this podcast, that's the main thing mm -hmm. I would take is like, just follow your gut on it. 
Uh, Esther says, our, at our co-op gallery, I pay $50 for a panel every six months plus the membership fee, which is $70 a year. That's pretty reasonable for a co-op. That's actually quite reasonable yeah, for a co-op. that's very reasonable. The, uh, the, the, unfortunately, the, the paying setup for some co-op galleries, uh, you know, like, is more along the lines of the pay set up for a vanity gallery. Mm -hmm. So a vanity gallery will uh, charge you an annual membership fee. They will charge you for the wall space. They will charge a percentage of the artwork that's sold. And they will charge, um, oh, I forget what it is. There's a fourth. Yeah. I know those big three, annual dues, monthly wall rent, and percentage of sale. Percentage of sale, and they also will have a insurance bundle type thing. Mm. Now, predatory galleries, vanity galleries, tend to charge in the thousands for that. Right. Whereas co-op co galleries are usually pretty a little reasonable. bit more reasonable. I have been in situations where I'm paying all three of those, right? Annual dues, monthly rent, percentage of sale, plus and time. Plus time, yeah. Um, and you, you have to work the gallery for free. A lot of co-ops operate that way, and it's so they can keep the lights on and the doors open, and I totally get that. That's the co-op structure. Yeah. Um, as long as all of that is reasonable... Um, as far as whatever's reasonable for your area and your your economic um, abilities, you know. And that's one of the structures because, yeah. I mean, again, the galleries are going to be run however it is that the galleries are run. We have a co-op here in town and they don't do the fee structure that most co-ops do. So mm -hmm. it's um, it really depends on your relationship with the gallery. That's why whenever we've talked about anything that has to do with gallery, uh, honestly, it falls into the same place with art shows or competitions and stuff like that is you want to vet whatever it is that you are planning on getting into and making sure that you're comfortable with the agreements that are there, whether it's a competition or whatever. Mm -hmm. Kim said, I get the feeling that they love me. Well, that's good. <laughs> that's great, Kim. That's real good. Um, yeah, so... Ultimately, uh, you know, that it sucks to hear like sometimes, well, you just got to go with your gut and <laughs> stuff, but I know some people want the brass tacks and I'm like, that is part of the brass tacks, you know, mm -hmm. because nothing is the same. No competitions are going to be the same. Um, and competitions that might be great for me may not be great for someone else. Mm -hmm. And um, really, it comes down to how it is that you feel about entering a competition or a gallery or a gallery show or a juried show or whatever it is, um, you know, and there's going to be a lot of factors involved. Finances, space, location, um, what the uh, outcome might be, uh, all of those things, you know, some of us treasure one thing more than the other. I, For me... It's always been about um, publicity, like putting myself out there. Is this part of me putting myself out there? And it's also been about facing fears. So facing my own fears and in the process, putting myself out there, it's going to be worth it to me. But then there's a financial aspect to that. You know, well, can I pay for this and not walk away from it feeling like, um, if I didn't get this, that I got screwed over, you know? So it's like, there's a lot of, a lot of mental work that goes into doing this and understanding that like, you're going to, you're going to bring in your own baggage into whatever it is that you're going to be doing and your insecurities and the stick man's going to be screaming in your ear about stuff. And that's really ultimately what's most important about entering these things is like, that's the only way that you're really going to face those insecurities and those doubts and, you know, educating yourself by looking at the, the, the fine print and really getting to a place where you start to trust your own decision-making process. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of times the best way to trust our decision-making process is by failing miserably <laughs> and then picking yourself, picking yourself up and saying like, okay, you know, I've, mm -hmm. I'm not going to do that again. You know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully that was 
a good answer for you, Esther and, and Lori. Lori. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, it, this is just, we're just chatting here about stuff um, really in the process of doing it. And just, you know, you just want to look, you just want to look closer and you really want to follow your gut on what, what you feel is worth it. A lot of times, um, I wouldn't say a lot of times, every time I didn't follow my gut, it, it was no bueno. Yeah. No bueno. Hard-earned knowledge. So, yeah. <laughs> hard-earned wisdom, I should say. Hard, hard, hard-earned knowledge. Yeah, I actually yeah. like hard-earned knowledge. Yeah. This was hard-earned knowledge. <laughs> But yeah, so hopefully that answered your question. And this was a great podcast. I really enjoy talking about this kind of stuff. And like, because really at the end of the day, what you're asking is, what is, how is it that I approach this other thing of putting myself out there? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's so important to just figure out there are several different ways and different things to approach in order to really face um, those fears of putting yourself out there. And it's really nice to be able to say, you know what, I've entered competitions and I've won and I've lost and, you know, I've got some awards and some of them were a complete waste of time. Um, But the only way to figure it out is to do it. And I think that that's it. That's a good place to bring the conversation to a close. And a big fat thank you to all our amazing rogues for being here. Yes. uh, Doing this podcast with us. You know, obviously, um, just having being able to have that conversation really makes the whole thing much more fluid and dynamic. So thank you so much for being here. And to everybody at home, thank you guys. Uh, all for listening or watching this wherever you are. And yeah, I would say that that's it. Uh, if you like this and you'd like to subscribe, go ahead and subscribe on wherever it is that that subscribe button is. So you could follow us uh, during our next one. And want to say goodbye, Clee. Good day, everyone. Adios. <laughs>